Hello, Mighty Warrior. Can I ask you a question? Do you love your wife? <laughs> of course you do. But be honest, do you sometimes struggle living with her? <laughs> you know what I mean. You're loving each other one moment and then you're arguing the next. Probably it was something that she said or you did. And deep down inside, don't you wish your marriage could be easier? Well, it can be, and we want to help you. Backed by popular demand, Real Men Connect is hosting the second Marriage Secrets for Men Boot Camp on Saturday, November the 10th from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and you don't want to miss it. You're going to learn simple, proven, practical ways to get along better with your wife, make your marriage easier, avoid unnecessary conflicts and arguments, and even have more sex. <laughs> and we're guaranteeing the results. But here's the catch. You can't tell your wife what you learned. You can only apply what you learn. This marriage boot camp is for men only. So get ready to get down, dirty, and real as we help you make your marriage work better. So make sure you register for this event before November the 10th or before we sell out. Now, I say sell out because seating is limited. So to sign up and reserve your spot and take full advantage of the early registration discount, go to MarriageSecretsForMen.com. That's MarriageSecretsForMen.com. I know that no marriage is easy, but yours can be easier. And we can help you guaranteed. So go to MarriageSecretsForMen.com and sign up today. Welcome to Real Men Connect. Are you ready to be the extraordinary man, husband, father, and leader God called and created you to be? Then get ready to receive wisdom and guidance from some of the country's most respected men of faith as you learn everything you need to know to go from good man to great man God's way. No judgment, no shame. Just real men with real challenges seeking real change. All for God's glory. Hello, mighty men of God, and welcome to the Real Men Connect podcast, where we help good men become great men God's way. I'm your host, Dr. Joe Martin, and every week we interview some of the nation's most respected and accomplished men of faith to find out what it really takes to become the kind of husband, father, and spiritual leader God called and created us to be. Each interview session is packed with practical, proven biblical principles you can immediately apply in your relationships, on your job, and in your community. Today we have with us a man who's not a, a stranger to the show. Matter of fact, he's a dear friend of mine. He's back on the show for the second time. His name is Corey Dabalair, and Corey helped us successfully kick off the Real Men Connect podcast about six months ago. Now, Corey, you, we probably had no idea when we were doing our initial interviews that we would now become the top-rated podcast for Christian men's discipleship and mentoring. Isn't that awesome, dude? It is. It is. Unbelievable. God is good, man. And if you guys haven't listened to my interview with Corey back in episode number four, When Good Men Struggle, you have to go back and download it and listen to it. Today is still ranked in the top three of the most downloaded podcasts on our show. So, of course, I had to bring Corey back on the show. Now, let me quickly tell you a little bit about Corey so we can dive into our topic today. Corey is an author, speaker, and advocate for mental health and faith. He serves as a committee member of the Ohio Attorney General's Office on Mental Health and Criminal Justice, as well as subcommittees focused on youth and early childhood education. Corey also sits on the advisory board for the Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation, and he is a contributor to a wide range of faith, mental health, and education initiatives, focusing on people living a more rewarding and productive life. Now, I told you I invited Corey back on the show to discuss a very important and difficult subject today, and that's how to get honest with yourself and honest with God. And we're going to address this topic head on. So with that being the case and that being the intro to Corey, Corey, welcome back on the show, man. I'm so excited to have you back on Real Men Connect. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's great to be back. And Corey, you know, I, I said that this is a, 
uh, very important but difficult subject. Now, based on the title, How to Get Honest with Yourself and Honest with God, people initially would think, well, that doesn't sound like such a uh, difficult topic. But if anybody out there who's listening has ever had to deal with or lead a group of men, <laughs> they can be now they can be sure and they know for certain that this could be one of the most challenging and frustrating things to deal with when it comes to dealing with men issues and helping men come clean with themselves and with God and with others. Do you agree with that, Corey? Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. and, and we don't we don't just say that just from a standpoint of just saying it, because I can all now, Corey, I don't want to speak for you, but personally, I've struggled with it through my walk with Christ. I gave my life to Christ. Um, now it's going on 20 years and I struggled with being honest with myself and honest with God. Of course, God has a way of um, I call it um, breaking you so he can bless you and wrecking you so he can raise you up. And so it, that was my journey. But Corey, before we get into the questions, because I told you, we prayed before we came on the air, because I believe this is such an important topic. And I believe it's going to be one of those um, episodes that people actually refer to a lot of people when they're trying to mentor them or disciple them. And they're going to say, hey, you have to listen to this. Now, we haven't even done the interview, but I say that because I know how important this topic is being a, a men's uh, ministry leader and trying to reach and mentor and disciple men. But Corey, before we get into the questions, just briefly, because they can always go back um, to the early episode, episode four, and hear your full story, but kind of give them the highlights of your story and why you think that I brought you into <laughs> to this discussion to discuss this topic. Uh, okay. Well, um, I grew up, you know, in a middle-class family, safe and privileged and um, had a really good life and um, was very successful at a young age. Um, worldly successful. Um, I've had a relationship with God, I would say, deeply um, since I was seven years old. So, you know, 38 years ago, uh, that transformed eventually through Jesus Christ. And um, I didn't, I was too young to really understand that whole thing, <laughs> but I felt God um, strongly. And um, when I was 28 years old, I had what we could say is a mental breakdown that turned into a diagnosis of a chemical imbalance that it, it changed my life, but it also introduced me to a world that I didn't know um, that resulted in uh, prison, homelessness, many hospitalizations in uh, psychiatric hospitals, and basically in abandonment and loneliness. And 10 years uh, of probably the most incredible education of my life. <laughs> and um, to this day, I, I think it was a great blessing that 10 years. I really do. And Corey, I'm glad and I love how you, you summarize that. And, I, and I'm, I'm imploring people to go back and listen, listen to episode four so they can get the full breadth of your story. But you kind of highlighted, and that's some of the reasons why I brought you on the air. Anyone who's heard my testimony, and I know yours, um, they, was, they would call it, they would kind of characterize it as being somewhat traumatic. Um, because like you, I've gone through some of the similar things. I mean, we had, we have abuse in common that we've gone through abuse, abandonment, and you've gone through homelessness. I haven't had to deal with homelessness, but you've also spent time in prison. And so we've gone through a lot of emotional trauma. And I was telling you before we came on the air, and I guess I will share this with our listeners too, that I just spoke at an event. Um, and I had, after I shared my testimony and shared my stories about Leadership Academy, and one of the young men in the audience asked me, he said, is what is you know is your story what you just told us is that true? 
<laughs> as if I had made it all up, you know. I'm like, who in their right mind would want to make up stuff like that, <laughs> right? Okay. But but I understood where the question was coming from. He wanted to know, was that true? And Corey, I get the same. I remember mean, when I first met you and I heard your testimony. You know, I knew it was true because nobody wants to go through that kind of stuff. But I think more than likely, it wasn't that he thought I made it up. He's probably was thinking, if that is true, how are you so free and willing to share that? with so many people. And that goes back with the topic of being honest with yourself and honest with God. And I remember when I met you, Corey, um, I I was impressed with your humility, um, with your vulnerability, but at the same time, the strength that you had derived from that. That's why when we did your show, we we called it you know, When Good Men Struggle. But at the same time, you've You've grown through the struggle and you've got your you gotten your strength through the struggle and you learned a lot through the struggle. So I think this is a good way to transition because you've experienced some of the same things that I have that people say, wow, I can't believe you leave, you're willing to share that. Now we know biblically we're doing the right thing because the word tells us in Revelation that we overcome the enemy, we overcome the evil one by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. But most people don't want to share their testimony. So here's my first question to you, Corey, and we're going to dive right into this. Why do you think men are so afraid of being transparent? Well, there's several reasons, I believe. Um, transparency is, you know, you you are showing it all. Um, you know, they say the eyes are the window to the soul. You're opening up your soul um, to share what has happened with you and is continuing to happen with you to make you who you are today. Um, you know, no two realities are the same, but all of us have a story. All of us have a testimony. And it, so when you become vulnerable uh, to some, it looks like weaknesses or weakness. Um, unfortunately, some would, by sharing your story, say you're victimizing yourself when that's really not the case. I'm just sharing. Uh, we are just sharing. When you become transparent, you can hand basically weapons to the insecure, the jealous, those who conduct their lives in a manner that might be manipulative. Um, you know, being transparent. I read a book this morning um, called Jesus Did It Anyway. And, you know, it said about transparency, it'll kick you in the teeth. And um, that is true. Now, that's the bad news. <laughs> right. So do I have everyone convinced now? Um, <laughs> the, um, the good news is that being transparent, you will have relationships in your life that are unexplainable because they meet in the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit can truly enter the heart when you're transparent. Um, you will have a a strength that you didn't know you have because it, like you mentioned it really does disarm it disarms the enemy because you know the enemy works through anything and anyone he can um, no one's going to say anything about me that i haven't already said or know or have no problem sharing um no fault of mine is anyone going to beat me up with worse than I already beat myself up with? <laughs> um, you know, back to good men's struggle. I always struggle. I want to struggle. 
um, in this interview, there, in this conversation, you know, there might be things that people disagree. I can only speak on my own life experiences and what I've seen in people I know. Um, and I hope they do disagree because if you would disagree with something, you you have to look at yourself to find out why you disagree. So feel free to share it so we can all learn. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's. I remember when I published my first book, which pretty much laid out my most shameful, horrible things in my life. Um, I didn't want to leave the house for a month. I thought I, I was scared to death. When I got out and started speaking and, you know, meeting people where they are and becoming that humble and truthful and honest and raw, seeing what that, I mean, it brings tears to my eyes now, seeing what that did in, for parents and children and anyone, um, it made it all worth it, Joe. It, it just made it worth it. I, how dare I not share that? But it's scary. And, you know, we live in a world like the guy that asked you, is that story true? Isn't it sad we have to ask anyone if it's true anymore? <laughs> I didn't grow up that way. I, when I grew up, anything anyone said, I knew was true. <laughs> we live in a very image society and performance society, and um, which makes transparency sometimes even harder. But even more important, if we are going to claim to be Christ-like and trying to be like Christ and learning the lessons of his life that he lived and died for, um, we have to man up to that and step out of the boat. Um, or I certainly can't sleep at night. I don't want to kneel at the feet of Christ when I pass on from this earth and be wondering if I got away with it. I want to be completely open and live a life in which um, I did the best that I can, and he will be able to say, um, good job, faithful servant. Um, you know, as we know, when we do meet Christ, we're, we don't have the option of calling Mark Garagos in L.A. to be our defense attorney. Jesus Christ is our only advocate. And, um, I, you know, I just don't want him to look at me in any way, shape, or form to say, why didn't you share your story? Why are you bringing that with you? I think that's important. And, you know, I don't want him to say, you didn't love the least of my brothers and sisters because you were scared. I don't want him to say, you didn't love in transparency and open your heart. Um, another book that I have read recently said, um, Jesus names the agenda. If we love, if we give ourselves to feel the pain of the world, it will crucify us. I'm willing to do that. I, I, I want to show up beaten and battered. Um, but I want it to be inspirational while I'm here. <laughs> right. right. But I don't mind taking the hits. I don't want, I do not want to see Jesus open his hands and see those holes and say, why didn't you love? Now, Corey, you have mentioned, and I, I think this is so important. That's why I'm going to repeat it, that you can now look back and say, man, it makes it worth it. And, mm -hmm. and I think that, and cause that, I, that resonates with me. Because a lot of people do ask me, as I'm sure they ask you, um, where did you get the strength? And it's funny that you had mentioned earlier also that the um, reason why we struggle sometimes, we're afraid to be transparent because people look at us as being weak. Yes, but sir. we know when our message resonates with another soul um, and it speaks to the heart of another person, that person actually sees us as being strong. And it's usually the most vulnerable person in that room. 
And they will ask you, Corey, where did you get the strength? I mean, has somebody asked me that yesterday? Where'd you get the strength to be able to share your story with us and be so open with us? But Corey, I think you hit it right on the head. And I and I wish I would have thought of this to tell them this yesterday. But when you've gone through so much and and, and going through and going through anything is kind of relative because everybody's pain is heavy based on the person themselves. There's a lot of things you and I haven't gone through. And thank God we haven't gone through it. Yes. But for some reason, God felt that we were able to handle what it is that we had to endure. Even if other people look on the outside and say, wow, I could never do that. Well, maybe that's why God didn't give it to you, you know, Mm -hmm. but God also didn't give me a lot of things that he probably thought would have shut me down. But going back to what you said, and I thought was so important, you said that it made it worth it. And I look at it from the standpoint, and there's a lot of people out there listening who are either gone through a lot, they're going through a lot or getting ready to go through a lot. My thinking and my, and I'm sure you feel the same way, Corey, but I don't want to put words in your mouth, is that when you look back at all that stuff and what you had to survive, you think if you didn't tell anybody, then all that was wasted. And yes. you you look back and think, well, then that was just a cruel joke. If I had to endure all of that, but no one would ever know but me that how I got through, how I, how God helped me through it and how God has used me to be able to bless other people. If I never shared that, then all that pain was wasted. And I said, why would God want to waste your pain? And so it it sounds crazy, but to hear you said, and I've said the same thing, it makes you look back and said, oh, now I see it was worth it. It was worth it. And so, but now my question to you, and let's take you back when you, before you started being able to to, to live freely and be able to share with your sharing, Corey. I want to ask you this. What happened when you first tried to share and you start? I guess I want to know what was some of the, what did you experience when you first said, you know what, I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to be open up and be transparent and be honest. And we know most of the times when you decide to do that, you don't share everything, but you want to make yourself a little bit vulnerable. What did you experience when you first started sharing your testimony and your story? Well, I, I think the foundation of that happened two years before I did get home. I was homeless and sitting on that park bench, and I, you know, I kind of took me out of the equation and quit being selfish and victimized, and um, you know, just kind of shook my head and said, "I do not want anyone to ever feel this way, and I'll do whatever you ask of me." And that was more like the floodgates. You know, I was still homeless for a couple more years, but that never left me. And even the times that I was nervous or scared or even doubting, that was a big one. You know, who, who, why do you think you're so special to get up and speak in front of an audience? Why do you think you're so special to publish a book? I mean, I definitely went through that too. I had, I have just as much responsibility to those tribulations which I call education, as I do the responsibility of having what I have now. I see no difference in that. The you know, it's a wealth of information. It was a 10-year journey. I was introduced to so many people and so many walks of life that I simply did not know exist. And I had been to 42 countries. I had never knew these stories and I learned, I'm like, oh my gosh, each one of these people have these tremendous stories. 
And they weren't victimized stories. They weren't victim stories. It was how did you get where the, you are? Just like someone would read a book on, you know, Bill Gates. They want to know what makes him tick. I was a sponge. Um, and it fascinated me. And I have a responsibility to that. They don't have a voice. And I don't think I'm any better than them. That's just factual. They don't have a voice. And if someone doesn't share their story and how they impacted my life and taught me compassion and taught me that I don't have to understand or even comprehend, I'm just called to be compassionate. Um, how many of those lessons in the past nine years have come back to soften my heart when it was getting hard, make me humble when I was getting cocky, um, touch my life in such an impactful Holy Spirit way, I just don't think you can be, I can't be filled to the seams of the Holy Spirit and not share it, even if it is something embarrassing or shameful or something I might still work through guilt about and doubt. Even when I've tried, God doesn't want me. <laughs> I've kicked and fought many times. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I want to go to the lake. <laughs> um whoa what a disservice i mean you know when i get my mind back together i'm like how dare you stepping out is tough work you know the ultimate advocate was jesus it's tough work does that mean you can't have joy in life or you can't have moments of happiness absolutely not or should you feel guilty for what you do have no however there is um Life is serious. Um, a third of the world is in deep, deep trouble. Um, I'm not so sure many more are in deeper trouble, even if they do live in the fancy house and cars. I get concerned about that. Um, transparency is both, you know, I've prayed ever since you emailed me about this. I've had my brothers and sisters pray because it's so vital in today's age when we don't even talk on the phone anymore. First of all, you won't be able to do it honestly and with fidelity if your feet aren't firmly planted with Christ. You, you become completely vulnerable and everything in your life becomes a tool for Christ to use, even the bad stuff. And he uses it in wondrous ways that you would never think of, that I never thought of. And there are times that I just sit back and I'm like, whoa. I mean, it's just amazing to see that. And it's seeing the Holy Spirit. I mean, I don't know. So I hear people all the time say that God speaks to them and all this other stuff. I He doesn't do it with me. Uh, <laughs> he just doesn't. And I know... When something is right, if I'm making a decision and trying to use discernment, if I just come to complete peace with it, you know, if I don't have any scenarios or excuses that I make up myself, if I have peace with it, then I know, all right, I have to man up and do that. Oh, man, you can see his work all the time. All the time. I mean, the Orlando tragedy. Did you see how much love poured out? It was insane. They didn't, no one used words of hate. They used love. Even if you don't agree with lifestyles and stuff, I was literally impressed. Such tragic news. 
Yet that was the most positive thing that I've seen in our society on CNN this year, just because of the compassion. It leveled the playing field for everyone. You know, where um, you you had mentioned, and I thought it was so um so powerful, and because I, I never really looked at it this way as well, is that when we open up our mouths and we open up with transparency, that we're actually giving a voice to others. And I never thought about that. That how many times have you sat in a place where you've been in pain, you've been hurting emotionally, spiritually? Um, even physically, that you sat there and you may be sitting in um, a pew or you're sitting in company with some other people, even if it's not in a church environment. And you're thinking, boy, if they only knew what I was going through right now, if they only knew how much I was struggling. And you said, boy, and if I tell, if I share this with them, man, they would judge me, that they would um, think less of me. And while you're thinking that the enemy is working on your mind, then somebody opens their mouth and shares their vulnerability. And they're transparent about their struggle. And doesn't it feel like a weight that's being lifted off of you when they open their mouth? Because they're like giving you permission to be able to to walk and say and to stand up and say, you know what? Me too. I heard Steve Furtick, um, a preacher out of um, Charlotte, North Carolina, says that the two best words you could ever use to minister to people is me too. Mm-hmm. But we can't get to me too if somebody won't go me first, you know, and let me share what I'm sharing. And my my wife Corey asked me one day um, when we had first started dating, and um, she asked me. She saw what I was doing when I worked with educators, and she saw that I didn't see it as just being an educator and being an educational consultant, but she saw me look at it as a ministry. And she said, "Joe, one day I would love to run my business like you run yours." I said, "What do you mean?" She said, "To have it be a ministry." that it ministers to people. She said, I would like to do that. I said, oh, it's easy. You can do that. She said, you can? How? And I told her, I said, well, how transparent are you willing to be? Yes. I said, that's when you transform the workplace into a ministry. That's when you plant, transform your that team that you're coaching into a ministry. It doesn't matter that you, you don't have to be in a church. It's how transparent are you willing to be to let God do the work through you for you to reach that person. So I love when you said that about that it gives them a voice. It gives them a voice. But Corey, I'm going to take you back to something you said earlier, though, um, because I I never looked at it that way until you mentioned it. You said that one of the reasons that men are afraid to be transparent is because they that people may perceive us as being that we're victimizing ourselves. And I never really thought about that, but that is absolutely true that you're trying to play the, Oh, woe is me card boy. No one has had it as bad as I had it, you know, kind of card. And that's not the case most of the time, but I want you to help us out. If you can, how can we avoid, if we're going to be bold enough and step up and be transparent and vulnerable, how do we avoid sounding like we're trying to play the victim? Is there ways you can help us with doing that? Don't make it an agenda and don't script it. Okay. You're standing up there being a voice for others. You're sharing your experiences because they are God's tools to use. You're the vessel. You might take the hits. That's all right. Make sure your feet are firmly planted. Um, Don't script things. What is to come out will come out to the exact same. I've never done a speech that's the same and I don't script anything. That it has never failed that something, even if it was a word, hit a person in just the right way. And even the people that it might not have hit, it planted a seed. Don't alter. That's a part of transparency. Don't take control of it. Don't alter 
your story or what you are doing by thinking of the what they're going to what someone else is going to perceive mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i have been deeply hurt and def- deeply offended by people that have told me it's all about me and i'm victimizing or whatever else i don't care that you just blocked themselves from learning anything and took away the opportunity for me to learn from them so that's a dead-end street there's way too many people that do need help um it isn't victimizing it's it was a privilege if, if you know you don't call something a blessing and victimize at the same time that's counterproductive and um and i do consider it a blessing you know, I've heard people say because someone's forthright or transparent, insecure people get very dangerous around transparent people. Corey, say that again. Insecure people get very dangerous around transparent people. How so? It is extremely intimidating and it backs them into a corner because right. it throws up mirrors. Mm-hmm. You have nothing to hide. And they, unfortunately, do. Right. Insecurity is such a sad thing. It's such such a deep sad thing because it stops so much learning, and it's also dangerous. Um, yeah, it it becomes you know manipulative on their part. You know, you have to quiet someone down if they're starting to overshadow for any reason, or starting to say, "I get up and do a speech." Let's just take it out of insecurity. Let's take it to mental health. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a speech and someone in the office or in the audience has a diagnosis of bipolar disorder. I take my medicine. I go to therapy every week. I do what my family says. If they think I need to go to the hospital, I do it. And I've conducted my life in a manner that I use all of those things to serve. I'm blessed to have that place in life that I can do that. I can devote my life to it. That raises the bar, doesn't it? on that person that's not taking their medicine, that person that uh, is not taking responsibility, uh, all their excuses kind of fly out the window in the face of transparency, doesn't it? Right. Now, I'll do the good good part. Just like you said about someone sitting in a church pew. Not only is it, oh my gosh, all that baggage is off, and there's someone to talk to. I, I'm sure you felt this way. And sometimes it's accident that you even get involved in a transparent conversation or there's a third party involved, a third party, a sermon or a speech or a, you know, a motivational, whatever, um, that kind of breaks open that gate. The first thing I think of is, oh, my gosh, what an incredible blessing. This person actually trusts me. And as soon as I feel trust, which is very difficult for me. <laughs> yeah, I trust and God works through those things. God works through love, trust, forgiveness, humility. Um, that's when he flows. We have so many excuses to not be transparent because we're so guarded and afraid to get hurt. Well, love hurts sometimes. And, you know, I hope I never stop learning. I struggle with everything that I'm talking about. I struggle with everything I talked about in our previous interview. Right. Um, some days are better than others, and some weeks and months are better than others. Um, I hope I never do stop struggling. I hope I don't stop asking the questions. I don't hope I don't stop looking at the mirror of my soul. That, you know, that what I just said, there's transparency. That's not hard for me. That is hard for a lot of people. 
And it saddens me because those people have those testimonies, those stories, those experiences that can help so many people. And, you know, everyone has their own story. Everyone has their own testimony. No two realities are the same. Right. You have people that just clam up and don't want to share anything. And here's another thing. I don't want a bunch of people just to step out and get transparent and get beat up. You take care of yourself first <laughs> in your relationship with Christ and let him guide that. And I think that you'll find that people come into your life that need to hear your story. You don't have to push it. Now, you know, Corey, you mentioned about, you kind of addressed a question I was going to ask about what causes men to shut down emotionally when it comes to being transparent, but you mentioned about afraid of getting hurt. And I know there are a lot of men out there who saying, yeah, Joe, I hear what you guys are talking about. And, um, you guys are more exceptions than the rule, but you just don't understand how bad I've been hurt. Um, you don't know how many times I've been betrayed. You don't know how many times that someone has used what I've shared with them against me. And it hurt me deep down to my core. Well, and Corey, I can't speak for you because I haven't been knowing you your whole life. But my answer to them is me too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've, I've had people exactly. lie, betray me and, and uh, stab me in the back, whatever you want to call it. Um, but the thing is that there's a way that I guess God really expects us to press through that because, Corey, I just gave a, a message at our church on Father's Day and I talked about um, I, I really talked about four fathers that I had pretty much and how each one hurt me in a different way. And one didn't even do it intentionally, but he hurt me in a way. And one did it very intentionally. And one, I think, just did it out of ignorance. But I kept saying to myself, I didn't say this from the podium, but I was thinking to myself after I, I left that church, thinking, what if I would have stopped after those first three fathers and said to myself, you know what? I'm done. I'm not going to trust another man as long as I live. I wouldn't have met my fourth father, who, as a result, is me why I'm doing this podcast now and why we're doing this and trying to reach out to men. And so a lot of times we block ourselves from our blessings because of our past hurt and our past pain. And so I guess I don't know if this. Uh, yeah, I guess this is a fair question to ask you, Corey. What can we do? Because all I can think of is just to press through and trust God more than I doubt him that he can use this for good. Romans 8, 28. But what? What would you, how would you encourage someone who's been hurt? Because Corey, I'm sure the first time you started sharing your testimony, you've had people use it against you. And yeah. so how did you get through that? What advice would you give us as men who want to, but because we have so many scars from our past saying, you know what? I'm just, I just don't think I can do this again. What would you say to him? You know, I think it's so important for me. I feel called to not just answer the questions, but be transparent myself. Um, as much as possible. And I can tell you, I have tears in my eyes right now because I'm tired of being hurt. <laughs> Me too. I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I'm, not a, so I'm, I'm not Eckhart Tolle or the Dalai Lama sitting here. I, mm -hmm. I'm just a man. Right. I am tired of being hurt. But more importantly than that, Joe, I'm tired of my hurt hurting others through me. Yeah. Yeah. I have to step back and not believe, but know. And kind of put the YouTube video in my mind of the proof of God in my life. Mm -hmm. And not look at 
my experiences in life as just those tools for others, as proof of God's grace, amazing love. Um, the fact that he loves me and his ability to forgive me, even when I can't forgive myself. Mm -hmm. So you have to, for everyone, it's different. You have to look back on your life. It's one of the few times that you do look back and find him in it and know that you're going to be all right. You and I have talked before. There's just no better feeling that even when you're in so much pain that you curl up in a fetal position and just get held by God. Mm -hmm. If it takes that to get there because the world's so chaotic and busy, then so be it. You're going to be all right, though. Don't let people stop God's purpose in you. Yeah, he'll give you the strength. He'll and it, here's another thing. There's not a timeline on that. You know, people say, "Well, you're just not helping yourself." It's been a year, mm -hmm. and you're still depressed or whatnot. Well, that's none of their business. It can take a long time. You know, some people lose a parent or a spouse, and you know, you create a new, a new reality, and you kind of move on in a year. Well, some can't that quickly. <laughs> right, right. And how dare anyone tell someone else how to grieve? Grieve anything. Grieve death, grieve just loss of relationships, grief life experiences, grief shame, grief, <laughs> grief, grief, good grief. Um, <laughs> um, you're going to get hurt. There's another thing. I don't want to get hurt again. I don't want to get hurt. You know what? You're going to get hurt again. Yeah, you're going to get hurt again. Right. Right. And you're hurting yourself right now by not wanting to get hurt. <laughs> yeah. How ironic is that? You're stuck. You know, you're just stuck. I'm stuck in many ways since the last three years experience of losing love and betrayal and whatever. You know, I have to get out of that rut all the time. And um, that's okay. That's okay. I'm trying to learn through it. Um, some days I can, and some days I can't. <laughs> some know, days real selfish. You know, Corey. You know the the Bible also tells us that, and Jesus told us that He said that when He leaves, He's going to send us a Comforter. And He got God knew what He was doing. He knew that He says that while you're in this world, you will suffer some trials and tribulations. You will be persecuted for my name's sake, you know, but he says, I will send you a comforter. And a lot of times we don't depend on that comforter. I love the way that you, you pointed out that we have to not make it about other people. And that goes back to being, you know, even with sounding like you're being victimized, we can't make it about what other people think. And I put down in my notes here that um, when how we press through this um, after being hurt is that I love him more than I'm afraid of you, Corey. <laughs> Does yeah. that make sense? No, I like that. Yeah, yeah I, I love God more than I'm afraid of what Corey might do to me. And Corey, you made me think of that when you were saying that because I'm thinking, where, where, how come I can still be hurt and still step up? How come someone can betray me and I can still speak up? Because I'm in love with him. I yeah. love God. I love God more than I'm afraid of you. And I think if we go back to that foundation like that you were saying before, that it's about your relationship with God. And he's the one that is he allowed and permitted you to go through what you went through, that it can be used for his glory. And I like what you said, Corey, that it's it's not about us, that our testimony is not really about us or it's just it's not worth it. And it's really not about them and what they think about us. So it's not about us. It's not about them. It's about him. 
about yes. him getting the glory from it. Because I like when you said earlier about how when you share your testimony, someone, they're looking at you like, man, how'd you do? How'd you get through that? How'd you get through that? And Corey, I know you and you know me that we can't wait to tell them how we got through. We didn't do it. He brought us through it. And so if we can glorify him and magnify him, yes, all of this that we've gone through, all the pain, all the suffering is worth it. You know, now, Corbett, I'm going to flip it on the other side because you alluded to it, but we didn't go into it. When we're the ones causing the pain, and we're hurting others. I mean, I really struggled with that um, after being married the first time and really um, shattering my, my ex-wife's heart in a million pieces that I really struggled with hurting her that bad. And that brought on that required a new transparency from me, which was to be able to confess that publicly to say this is what I've learned from that 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 process from going through this journey of what I've done and now how I've had to grow through it. So from let's take it from that standpoint of being the person who created victims, so to speak. Yeah. How do you deal with being transparent about you causing hurt to other people? Well, the first thing, I'm very good at it. Unfortunately, <laughs> I, I am. I hate that about myself, but it is true. I my fan, I grew up very forthright and direct. You'll never not know where I stand. However, I do wish that I had some finesse on my words and some um, better way of translating. Um, and that's on a good day. I, I just don't seem to. Only the strong survive sometimes because the the way it comes out is just very blunt. And I, I I'd be a horrible pastor. No one would come to church. <laughs> um, you know, and I'm not called to that either. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, is, you know, for nine years, I was an advocate. I had to be hard-nosed. You don't go speak to the Ohio Senate or go to D.C. and not be strong. <laughs> Bureaucracy is tough work, as you know. Right. Um, so to switch that on a personal level, I'm not good at it. Now, it doesn't necessarily get mean at that point. What When it does get somewhat mean is when people can't see because I'm not being transparent enough that what is truly going on in my mind is the rapist or the guy that spit on me when I was homeless. And those things are ruminating. So they create this filter. So someone you know says something and I take that in, it goes through a process of me being you know, unable to protect myself and humiliated and so on and so forth. And then it tends to just come right back out in a very forceful, sometimes hateful way. And it can even be the truth Mm -hmm. back to them. I don't like that. I I just don't like that lack of self-control I have when it comes to that. Um, I pray on it constantly. I'm sure my friends pray on it. Um, I don't know why I'm built that way. I'm not the kumbaya kind of guy. I like accountability. I receive accountability very well. Someone tells me I'm wrong. I process that. And if I am wrong, I admit it. And then I try to learn from it. Um, If they don't walk away. (laughs) Can't learn from people that just walk away. Um, You know, I have issues with cowards. I, I don't get that. Yeah. How do you not hurt people? 
Well, first of all, realize- well, I guess, Well, I guess, Corey, is more so from the standpoint of you know that even in us hurting other people, that God can use that for good if we're contrite and we're remorseful about it and we know that we've been forgiven. But a lot of times if we've hurt someone, we don't want to tell people how we've hurt other people. And no. so to me, that requires a different level of transparency that you can get up on a stage and say that you were used to be a pedophile. Or you used to be a rapist. You said a man do it. You were a murderer. Um, that requires a whole nother level of transparency. And like in my case, it was um, just, you know, committing adultery is that having to be able to talk about that from a stage. And I'm, I'm, people think I can never do that. How can you do that? And so I guess I'm wondering is how does someone press through that? Because that requires a different level of transparency. I think the way it translates in speeches and stuff is I hold myself to a very high standard of accountability. Mm -hmm. uh, when I got in trouble at 28 years of age for theft through my business and, you know, all the money got paid back or whatever, I made absolutely no excuses. I walked into the courtroom and said, I am guilty. Mm -hmm. Because it didn't matter if it came from mental uh, mental illness. It didn't, the, you know, a good excuse doesn't justify anything. Right. And... You know, that is the way that I'm built. I, you, you, there are consequences in life. That's just the way it is. In that, I have to learn, and I'm being transparent with you and everyone right now. I'm trying to learn to not put that same standard on others. Right. Because if someone doesn't man up to themselves and doesn't admit their fault or how they hurt someone, or their manipulation, or whatever, I get very upset. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I wish I didn't, because that's not my problem. I should just pray for them. And now I'm not talking strangers. I'm talking people I love. Right, right. I, don't you always want the? I don't have children, but don't you always want the best for those that you love? Mm -hmm. And doesn't sometimes love can be tough and truth can be something we don't like. So, you know, I, you know, I'm learning that one. I'm learning that one. I have a long ways to go. However, what I do refuse to do is stop being transparent, no matter if it's held against me. I am ex hold myself extremely accountable for asking for forgiveness. Once I understand exactly how it impacted someone else, I just don't ask for forgiveness as an umbrella. Right. I don't see the point in that. You know, I have to learn from these things. Um, so as forthright and direct as I am, I am also just as transparent and honest and will humbly, with no problem at all, ask for forgiveness. And I can honestly admit there's only one person that I, in this past three years of chaos, I asked for forgiveness from several people and only one ever even replied to me. Wow. That disappointed me in Christianity. But... You know, then again, it's not my issue. But there is an example of being completely transparent and humble and really getting hurt because it did hurt because I love them. Right. And Corey, you know what? Um, as we're discussing this, and I think a lot of people can be blessed by this if they're, they are the person with blood on their hands, so to speak, for lack of a better um, analogy, um, because I've been on both sides now of being the person who uh, was abused and hurt into hurting and abusing someone else. And I look at Paul as being a great example. And Paul was very transparent in the Bible about what he used to be. 
And what he did, he persecuted and he persecuted Christians and he didn't shy away from it, but he spoke with such a boldness about it because his focus um, was on God. It wasn't on what other people thought of. And it goes back to what you said earlier. When we admit our guilt, we protect ourselves from repeating it, the offense. Think about it. If I'm more held accountable if I get up on a stage or get up in in a small group or around a group of men of my peers. And I said, yes, um, I was unfaithful to my wife and I used to do X, Y, Z, these things. And God has made me a new creation. It doesn't mean I'm not going to be tempted in that area anymore. But think about this. Now that I've put that out there and I put it amongst other people who love me and care about me, not all of them going to care about me, but some that that also protects me from going out doing the same thing over again and hurting other people. And so I I truly believe that God will only heal what you reveal. Yes. He will only heal what you reveal. And if you don't reveal it, more than likely you're going to repeat it again and you're going to hurt other people. And that may be a fear why people don't want to talk about what they've done because they don't think they think they may do it again. But also put down in my notes here that you can't conquer what you conceal. No, you never you conquer what you conceal. I would never um, conquer lust if I won't talk about it openly. I won't ever conquer lying if I'm not willing to talk about it openly. And so whatever the struggle is, that if even if we're the guilty party, we have to not only confess before God, but confess it among some people who you know you can trust, who are just as transparent as you, so they can hold you accountable for not repeating the offense. Do you agree with that, Corey? Absolutely. And I will just say this because we don't want to, I will say it being transparent myself and I just don't want anyone to think that that's not a snap in the finger thing. You might make the mistake two or three more times. Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And I've Uh, made it quite a few times. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I remember a few years ago, um, Catherine Zeta Jones um, publicly came out and said she had bipolar disorder and a radio station called me and asked me for a statement of what I thought about that as a mental health advocate. And I think that this aligns, this is a parallel uh, for this conversation. The only thing that I said is I said, I'm very proud of her because she just protected herself from her own disease. Absolutely. She just told told the world. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we do that. We do that with God. When we are transparent, you know, my buddies know all the signs of me. They know if I'm happy or pretending I'm happy, but it protects me from me. And it always guides me back to God. And like I said, you know, part of transparency, it's back and forth thing. And it becomes, even though it can hurt and stuff, the actual effort of it becomes quite easy. One of my brothers can come slap me up beside the head. That w- I wouldn't even get mad. Mm-hmm. I don't have any problem with that. I want to be held accountable. Now, if someone that I'm not close to wants to give an opinion about me, um, that I don't handle so well. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. You got to know the whole story. That's a part of you know transparency, too. I've watched a lot of people do a lot of messages and talks to small groups. And I'm just sitting there. And I'm like, you don't understand that omitting is lying. You're not yeah. telling the whole story right. and you're taking away the experience and the teaching tool away from God. 
Make you know, your, how, you know how I respond to that, Corey? I say, be careful of half-truths because you might get a hold of the wrong half. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, you're right. When they're admitting it, that then we're, we're actually lying. You know, Corey, yes. I cannot believe how, how fast the time has gone by. And, I mean, there were even several questions I haven't even gotten to. But I want to um, ask you just a couple of questions before we close out the, the broadcast in this interview. Is um, what can we do? And I'm talking not just as men, but as human beings, men and women, because we do have women who listen to the show, but we need to be able to, I believe we need to be able to help other people become more transparent because a lot of people are looking for a place, a safe place to share. And a lot of times we don't create that place in that space for them. What tips or advice would you give us in helping others along and being more transparent and vulnerable based on your experience, the good, the bad, and the ugly, what can we do to help other people? Your example when it's all said and done and I'm having a good day or a good summer or whatnot, I've had people actually tell me it must be incredible to be so free because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't have any secrets. Right. Um, and I think that people see it. They see the way I relax. They see, or when I do relax, but on those good times, which I think I'm starting to get there again, I'm very, very comfortable in my own skin because mm-hmm. I'm not playing any games. I don't have to keep my eyes on the chessboard all the time. <laughs> right, right. So be that example. Be that example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, before we close out the, the broadcast, what is the one thing that you want our men to take away and remember about this conversation? Because we, to me, even though I think we covered a lot, and I have a lot of notes here on my paper here, so we've, we've gotten a lot of meat out of this. To me, I feel like we're still just scratching the surface on this. Because, man, if I could have one prayer answered is for people to um, receive the healing power of Jesus Christ, to know that he does mean everything for good. It will work out for good. Not that good things will always happen, but they'll work together for good uh, for those who love him and called according to his purpose. But if you are leaving our listeners for anything right now, what is the one takeaway you want them to come away from our conversation today? Well, I'll do, a, I'll do a call to action. This is one of my forthright examples. Okay. It, it really is black and white. If you're not transparent, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You actually think you're going to fool God? Hmm. So um, if your faith is what you say it is or what we say it is, what are you afraid of? Right. And um, I really do look at it black and white. It's either you're transparent or you're not. And if you're not, then you're most likely playing a game are manipulating or in control of your life rather than God in control of your life. That's ridiculous. You know, and I, I don't see any other way around that. I'm not trying to be mean with anyone. I just see any shaded area. And, you know, we all know we're going to die, but no one thinks it's going to happen to them. You will face Christ. (laughs) Right. That's right. How do you want to do that? This life's just temporal. This is short stuff. This is nothing in the big scheme. How do you want eternity to be? That's up to you. That really is up to us. Corey, I love how you summarize that because that, that would have been a great way to even start the show. My wife always says that faith and fear cannot coexist. They cannot be in the same room together. Either no. You're going to be full of faith or you're going to be full of fear. And I like the fact that your call, your last message to us is calling us out. If are you full of faith? Then you're going to be transparent. Are you full of fear? Call it what it is. Either you believe that God is in control or you still somehow believe that you're in control. So I love the fact that that is um, a challenge to us as men to 
look at our faith and say, are we really walking in the faith that we proclaim? And that starts with speaking truth because God is about truth. It's about truth. Corey, before I close out the, um, the, the interview, let us know how we can contact you. How can we reach out to you, man? Um, I've, we have some of your, your contact information on our show notes uh, from your first interview back in episode four, but I want to put them in this one as well. So go ahead and give that to our listeners for those who didn't hear, um, hear you in interview four. Okay. The email is C-O-R-Y-D-O-B-B at me.com. Okay. One more time. C-O-R-Y. D O B B at me.com. All right. And we'll make sure that we, um, and I'll even take some of the stuff from your old show notes and put that in there as well. And guys, thank you guys for listening, um, today. Um, but don't worry, we're going to be back again next week with a new guest and um, new insights, new lessons. So make sure you don't miss it. And I'd like to thank Corey, my friend, Corey Dabalair, for joining us today, for being so gracious with his time again. Thank you, Corey. Oh, no problem. And, you know, I've already told you that um, as we continue to d- dive into this topic and similar topics to it, that I always want to bring you back on the show because I know I can always depend on you to keep it real, keep it 100, as we say. And the thing I tell people, either you're going to keep it real in a conversation or just keep it to yourself. So I know we can always depend on you. But for those yeah. out there listening, please do us a favor. This is so important. Take about 30 seconds and go over to iTunes and rate the program. It's the best way to help us get this program in the hands, ears, and hearts of men just like you. And please don't keep us a secret. Sharing is caring. And I know that based on the topic that Corey and I discussed today, that I know this episode can bless a lot of men in your life, especially if you're mentoring a young man or an older man, or you're trying to mend some relationship with other men who just may not be forthright and and forthcoming with you when it comes to being transparent and being vulnerable. This might spark a great discussion. So please, 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 please share this episode with them and listen to it. Now, until next time, I'm Joe Martin, your man builder with realmenconnect.com, reminding you that we are males by birth, but we are men by choice. So each and every day, choose to be the man God called and created you to be because a male is a terrible thing to waste. So until next time, stay strong, stay blessed, and as always, stay in his grip. Thank you for listening to the Real Men Connect podcast with Dr. Joe Martin. Real Men Connect isn't just a podcast. It's a mission, ministry, and movement to help good men become the great men God called and created us to be. And the best is yet to come. So if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and leave us a review in iTunes. It really helps us to build the podcast and to reach, teach, and impact more men, all for the glory of God. And make sure you check out realmenconnect.com to get our free tools and resources to help you go from good man to great man God's way. Again, that's realmenconnect.com. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.